Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burkwell. And I'm Alex Gunn. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about a life insurance product that's called Whole Life Insurance. It's different than other permanent life insurance. And often, as you read stuff online, sometimes you'll see articles that are essentially combining all permanent life insurance and it reads as if it's one product. And it's not. Correct. Because if it was all one product, it'd be called all the same name. So this episode specifically, we're going to be talking about whole life insurance. Um, it's it's a fun topic from, I think, the standpoint of Alex and myself. It's probably not a fun topic uh, as, a, uh, as a listener, um, as no one really wants to talk about life insurance. But we want to clear the air around certain, let's call them myths or maybe misunderstanding around how this product works. It's important to understand how all this stuff functions because without a clear understanding, like how can we make intelligent decisions and choices? Exactly. So before we get into it here, Alex, what are we drinking today? Uh, so today we're drinking Festivus. It is a winter ale from Black Raven here in Redmond, one of my favorite breweries. Uh, it's 7.1% alcohol. It's got 48 IBUs. And Ryan, what do, you, what do you think of this beer? So initially when we picked it up, or at least when I picked it up, uh, I the, the can kind of looked like it was more of a October type of, type of beverage, which is why I picked it up. And then as I looked deeper into it and then took my first sip, it's definitely more of a holiday festivus. Um, and frankly, I love it. This, this hits right up my alley. It's, it's a pale ale, but has some orange and herb spices. Uh, wrapped inside of it and it just it gives you that warm fuzzy like family cozy drinking a nice beer on a cold winter day but sitting inside next to like a warm fire type feel it's that smell that some people have where it you got the pumpkin and the cinnamon type smell going that that smell going around right and it's edible or drinkable. It's fantastic. So uh, <laughs> if you're in Redmond or if you uh, have Black Raven uh, availability to purchase, definitely try this one out, especially for this time of year. It's really, really good. For sure. So let's jump into whole life insurance. So th there's three main pieces that we'll discuss today um, in regards to this product. And there's several ways to use it. And we're there's no way for us to get into every different way to utilize this type of product today. But we want you to get a basic understanding of how the product operates. So first and foremost, right, it's a life insurance product. Its main purpose is the death benefit, right? If something were to happen to you and you pass away, there's a death benefit that goes to the beneficiary. Like that's the main purpose with any life insurance product that's out there. Exactly. You stole the words out of my mouth. Any life insurance, the whole, the, the main purpose is to provide that death benefit for your family to make sure your family's taken care of in the event that something happens to you. And, and there's way to, ways to utilize that in retirement while you're still alive. That's not for today's episode. For today's episode, again, we're just doing the basics uh, for today. So life insurance first. The second thing is, is around the cost it's a level premium, meaning if you purchase the product today, based on your medical background and the underwriting decision, underwriting meaning from the insurance company's point of view, they look at your medical background, they ask you some medical questions, and they come out with a, 
what they call a rating to decide what the cost of the product will be for you. This product, whole life insurance, is a level premium, meaning if the cost is $3,000 a year, it doesn't go up over time. It's $3,000 every year. That's like that's one of the differences between this structure and some of the other types of permanent life insurance. And that there are some components in there that we can intentionally change. Like if we're putting extra dollars into it or we want to pay less, like those are both possibilities. But anytime we change the like some of those things, it's going to affect some of the guarantees inside of the policy. So if we take loans against the policy, it's going to affect some of the guarantees. However, one of the nice base features of a whole life structure is that if we pay our premiums, we have a guaranteed policy and those rates do not change. And so Alex just brought up the word loan. So there's a third component in this product and it's in regards to a, a, an asset-based side of this product and it's called cash value. So as you're paying your premiums, you're getting cash value, this, this accessible asset that you have that grows tax deferred and you can get access to it tax-free upon appropriate uh, loans or withdrawals inside of the policy. So you've got this life insurance death benefit, and then you've got this asset that's called cash value. That cash value, as it's growing, you can access that money. It's liquid, right? And there's and multiple ways that you can access that. A loan is one of them. Correct. Now the cash value, each insurance company has their own guarantees of the cash value. So you can ask that question around what is that, that interest rate on the cash value guarantee, but also with the participating whole life insurance policy, there will be possibly dividends that the insurance company provides its policyholders based on how the insurance company does that year, right? So there are certain insurance companies out there that at the end of every year, it, it produces that dividend. The dividend is never guaranteed. Until there it's are, paid. Once it's paid, it's now guaranteed cash value. There are insurance companies that are 100 plus years old and they've paid dividends for 100 plus straight years. Again, they don't, they don't guarantee that side of things. And those dividends do affect how the policy performs. Absolutely. So this often gets construed, right? We'll hear, you know, costs are brought up a lot of times in permanent life insurance. And there are costs associated with other types of life insurance that's out there. With this type of whole life insurance, the, the, the cost is maybe the upfront cost difference between the premiums and the cash value, that insurance side of the, of the product, right, Alex? Yeah. And the longer that we hold these, the better the structure winds up working, the more flexible flexibility we have with paying premiums and putting dollars into it. And there are a host of different reasons why we may want to use this or not want to use this structure. Um, like you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. It, it is, it's a tool. The tool isn't innately good or bad. It's all about how we use it. And if we think about another simple example of using tools, if we're building a deck and we have screws that we're going to use to build the deck, well, a hammer is a bad tool to put screws into the deck. Conversely, if we're using nails, we don't want to use an electric drill. It's not a good tool for putting a hammer 
or for putting a, a nail into a deck. So does that make the hammer or the drill bad? No, it just means that for that circumstance in that situation, it's the wrong tool. So understanding how the tool works and operates and then how we're going to implement it into a plan is important. So Alex, let's let's end on uh, this one. Let's talk about maybe two or three examples of how this is utilized in someone's financial portfolio, if you will, right? Because I can hear some people listening to this and saying, okay, I kind of get what you're saying, but why would someone want this? Sure. So uh, we'll use one example that's pre-retirement and one example that's post-retirement. So pre-retirement, the cash value that builds up, and typically it takes about you know two, three, four years, depending upon how we're structuring the policy, to really start seeing any type of appreciable cash value accumulation. The more dollars we put into it, the better that cash value is going to grow earlier on. There's some products that wind up working better with the early cash value. There's some that are designed not to have a whole lot of early cash value. So it depends on circumstances. However, it builds that medium term bucket that we can get access to without taxes. We can either take a return of our own money or a policy loan. As long as the policy stays in force, neither of those create a taxable event so that we can have liquidity and it's protected from creditors. So these are two things that we typically like to see when we're talking about liquidity is tax favorability. And we typically wind up seeing a solid rate of return on our, uh, on the growth of the cash value. It depends on the policy, but oftentimes a minimum guarantee of say 3% where we're really targeting more like a four to five and a half percent rate of return, depending upon current interest rate environments. Historically, it has followed a like 10 year treasury type return plus a little bit. Um, we can go and get into the specifics depending upon the particular product, but that's not for today. So ultimately it provides additional liquidity for that medium term bucket or for those folks that are say in their twenties or thirties, like we've got a long time period between now and retirement. This may be one of the vehicles that we use to access for our medium term needs and additional liquidity, whatever that may be. Yeah, just a, a quick side note. You need to work with a professional that knows what they're doing with this type of product because if 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 not handled or funded appropriately, this can turn bad, right? So you know, policy benefits can be reduced by any outstanding loans or loan interest on those withdrawals. You know, yeah, dividends, right? And we're making it sound confusing. It's really not that confusing as long as you're working with a professional that knows how this operates and how it fits into your overall financial plan. And we also need to make sure that people understand that the guarantees are backed by the insurance company. So the insurance company that we use is critical and that guarantees are based on making sure that we pay premiums in a consistent and timely manner. So that's so, one example that we used in pre-retirement and post-retirement, you know, sticking with that cash value, Alex, right? So I'll give an example like real quickly here. And Alex may not like how, how simply I state this because he doesn't like when I go too simply because there's always the one-offs and, and other details that could affect it. <laughs> but let's stick with simplicity here, Alex. Imagine, you know, most people, they get to retirement, they've got this sum of money, right? And they're taking it, it you maybe the interest off of that sum of money, like scraping the interest off the top, if you will. 
So if they're scraping interest off the top and it's a down year, that means that principal is now going lower, right? If you had a million dollars and you take 4% off the top, so it's $40,000 and it's a down year, now you're not only taking that 40,000, their principal, that initial million is now dropping. Right. Well, there are no, there is no interest or gains in a year in which it's down. Exactly. That That's exactly the point. And so your million dollars might shrink to, and I'm making up an example here, $900,000. You only took 40 grand out, but it shrunk to 900,000 because you got a negative return that year. So some people utilize this whole life insurance policy rather than taking the 40,000 from a asset that just went down because of the market, they might take 40,000 from their whole life policy because now it allows that market-based asset to now come back. Yeah. And this gets into the much more complicated conversation around uh, promise-based assets versus opinion or market-based assets. Discussion for another day. But yes, love this conversation. And now we're just retasking our existing asset, the life insurance policy, with different with a different task. It's no longer designed to protect our income because we're no longer working for an income. Now there are other assets that we can use to generate an income and it can protect those. That's another way of using it in retirement. So those are two quick examples of how someone might utilize this type of product. Again, we went over this very simply, but we went over the, the important pieces of this product, which is different than other permanent life insurance products out there. And that's a main piece that we want to make sure you're understanding is while someone will write permanent life insurance in their article, and then they go through the different things like pros and cons, make sure you're understanding that it's not just, it's not all permanent life insurance. Like what are they talking about actually? Yeah. I, I find those things hilarious because it lumps everything together when in reality, they're different types of policies are structured so dramatically different. So this is where in, in an instance where Google, you know, can backfire from the standpoint of, you know, the person meant well, I'm not trying to say that these person, these people are bad. They just have a misunderstanding of like, not all permanent life insurance products work the same. Correct. Which takes us to the question of the day, Mr. Collins. Uh, today, we're asking the question, how have you planned to protect your income for your entire lifetime? So head over to beardmoney.net and at the bottom of that page, there's a spot for you to answer that question. Or if you have questions around today's podcast, feel free to reach out to us and we can have further dialogue around that. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Alex... This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value.
Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Fairmont, California, 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License, number 1531912. CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License, number 7264699. CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2021-127-410, expiration September 2023.